listening to the Giggles Live Radio Network. Listening to Portland Stuff on the Giggles Live Radio Network. Portland Stuff. Very important Portland Stuff. Portland Stuff. We cover many important things, including the Big Banana Festival, which I think will be um, the day that this launches. That should be that day. So, the Big Banana Festival at the port, the beautiful port of Wainimi. The beautiful, productive port of Wainimi. You know what's cool? We just uh, had a trip to Washington. Two of our council members went with the port representatives, the CEO and our city manager, and they all went to Washington to lobby for good things for the port of Wainimi. Oh, nice. Yeah, so as a host city, you know, we, we have a partnership and we work together um, the, the port relies on the city and of course the city um, gets revenue from the port and uh, we want to make sure the experience of all the beautiful big products including billions of bananas yeah you know they get to their destination and get to where they're going so it's all about logistics and making cargo move that's one of the beautiful things about this area is everybody has to kind of work together you have the port you have the port itself the city Port Wainini, mm-hmm. and you have the military base. Yep, the Naval Base Ventura County. Yeah, see, we got to get a better name for that. Yeah. It's got to be a better name than that. Because yeah. Port Wainimi, it took me forever to learn how to say it. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, they could come up with something better. We just had a lady today. It's like, why? Ni? Me? Yeah, that's it. And the H-U-E really throws people off. Yeah. Yeah. Who he? <laughs> yeah, I used to say that on the radio. I'm from Northern California, so I would say it, and I would kind of say it the way it was spelled, yeah. and I'd get people to give me a hard time, and I'm like, well, <laughs> it's not like it's exactly the way it's spelled, you know, H-E-G-H-I-H-O-T-P. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like what it's spelled. One of the fascinating things that we discovered about our beautiful port while we are doing all of our kind of deep dive into the Quinn and all that and the, the war efforts is that more stuff went through the port of Wainimi than all of the other ports. Like it was the main port for getting stuff out to the war. It was the uh, Pacific Theater Logistical Hub. There's some photographs. I don't know if you remember when I was a young kid at the time when the Lodginelle was laying on its side on a Silver Strand Beach. There was Quonset Huts, and Quonset Hunt is the uh, quintessential barrack, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was a, there were still leftover Quonset huts and they actually um, sold some of the houses you see at Silver Strand were the lots had a Quonset hut on it and, and some people actually bought the lot with it on it there. And so the whole area was the Pacific Theater Logistical Hub. Yeah. Thousands wow. and thousands of CBs came through here and thousands and tons and stuff that needed for the war effort out there in the Pacific. Makes you wonder. We have to find out the the path of the Borenquin because at some point Borenquin had to be on this side and go from somewhere, you know, well, yeah. transporting troops out there. Well, 
Well, she is on this side currently. Yeah. yeah, she's on the on this side and on her side. Yeah. Well, but but because she for so many of her years she was going out of Miami, you know, and and yeah. New York. So at some point she may have been here, and maybe kind of a return home of sorts. I no, don't know. we brought this up the other day, and I don't know if you've seen this yet, but um, in Ventura, right outside of the Ventura River, there are some machine gun turrets that they put there, thinking the Japanese were going to attack. But yeah, they're they're still out there. These gun turrets. We used to surf out there a lot. We'd let's go surf gun turrets. Mister Magoo with the traffic. Hey, Madison Joy, what are you doing? She's running around. Oh, is she outside? Yeah, she's just not doing her job. That's why Magoo's acting crazy. She's outside playing with Magoo. Well, she's she's failed her contractual obligation to uh, keep Magoo. (laughs) <laughs> Magoo. Yeah. Magoo has his own way of thinking. <laughs> she she does, she's not sitting out there with a couple of gophers in her lap, is she? I hope she's not. <laughs> Actually, it's it's the squirrels that he's really interested in. It's funny he ignores the ducks, but man, the squirrels. He ignores the ducks. He just, he just looks at him like whatever. But he sees a squirrel. Oh, ducks kind of nasty. I like I've had duck. I, I, one of my comedy gigs, and they're like, you know, they're like, well, this is kind of fancy people food, and we know you're not used to it, but we want you to try it. And I was like. No thanks. Oh, you're gonna like it. Finally, and I and I was just no, no. Yeah, here it's greasy. It's like it was like it was greasy, too chewy, too salty chicken is what it tasted like, and it was there was nothing about it was tasted good to me. I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make it past the first bite. <laughs> a lot of ducks in Wyoming. Is there? Yeah. yeah. I know there's a lot of cats in Wyoming. No, there's a lot of well, there is a lot of cats yeah. too, but there's a lot of ducks if you walk along Bubbling Springs. Mm. Oh, interesting. Supposed yeah. to go out there with some with some bread. No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> that's the thing. You don't want to feed ducks bread. No, it's really bad for their digestive. System. Is it? Yeah, and so yeah, it is. Yeah, a lot of places have signs up that say, "Hey, don't feed the ducks bread." It, it seems like an odd. I'm guessing it's just what people did with bread when it got old and moldy or something like. Yeah. It does seem like an odd thing to just go. Hey, I'm going to give the bread to a duck. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> like the gluten thing too. It's <laughs> like. But they sure like it. <laughs> yeah, they I think do. Cheez-Its might be better than bread. Oh yeah, they yeah. Are. Cheez-Its are so, so much better than well, not better than <laughs> not better than the sourdough bread that comes out of Wainimi Bakehouse, yeah. but uh, better than most breads. Yes. Yeah. So what do you think, Tommy? Awesome. What's better? Oh, uh, I don't know. Cheez-Its. I like sourdough grilled cheeses. Ooh, uh, yeah, those are good. Um, I also learned. Uh, remember, Puppy Dog Pals. Um, Harlan Williams started yeah. that show. Harlan um, Williams, yeah. Yeah, that show they did an episode where they said that ducks didn't. The ducks didn't like the bread, so they just hid it from the entire town. So I wonder if they. <laughs> I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if that was the way of telling people, "Hey, don't feed ducks bread. It's not." Good for them. Yeah, interesting. You know, like they don't want bread. Well, they'll eat bread, but it's not good for them. Yeah. So that might be... Makes them gassy. His way trying to get the kids to say, hey, let's give the ducks birds what they want. One time... There's Magoo again. Yeah, one time a a bunch of frogs had, you know, you have a, what's it called, a tadpole? Oh, yeah. And then it becomes a half a tadpole and then has a leg and back legs and it becomes a frog. And so the ducks... They really love little frogs. So the ducks are just waiting. Oh, look, here he comes. And then when it turns into a, a frog, and they're like, we just. Oh, so they like to the snack oh, on the frog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. They love to the snack on the frogs. Talk about being patient. Like, I can't stand yeah. waiting two minutes for my hot pocket to cook in the microwave. I know. You Imagine would think they'd eat the tad- What's it, a tadpole? Is that what they call oh. it? Yeah, tadpoles. Yeah, man. I can't. Uh, I have trouble waiting. 
for my grandpa to make me grilled cheese. He makes really good grilled cheeses. <laughs> Sign him up. <laughs> well, we're going to have to hook you up with a grilled cheese here sometime. Oh. Yeah. We'll give you the uh, marble dry. That sounds good. That's really good. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, make him a good grilled cheese and you're good for life. Was Andres over at Copacabana made him a grilled cheese one time and oh my goodness, that was he got a billion times his value in, in advertisement. Tommy talked about that grilled cheese for months. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna talk a little bit more about the Born Quinn today since yeah. we, we have our big giant display uh-huh. coming up on October first. Yeah, we got a bunch of relics. We got relics. The, yeah. Well once you call um over fifty years old menu kind of a relic that's a big relic yeah the um it's like we got bahama star menus or rosa star menus don't worry they're the same ship all these are born quinn what's the the rosa star menu if i remember it's like from 40 like it's almost 80 years old right isn't it like from the 40s yeah i think so yeah. the, the one that that has me all excited is you found a tile yeah at silver strand beach in the Lagunelle yep. as we know it today. Yep, I found a tile fragment, which will also be for display. I'll put it up for display for everyone to see. And so for anyone out there wondering, like, how do you know that that came? Well, because you do some research, right? Just the very fact that it was inside Lagunelle and, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like somebody yeah. put it there. Yeah. It was planted yeah. from another ship. Someone's like, ah, hey, I'm going to make some fake relics. <laughs> <laughs> that was, well, it's funny because a friend of mine, I was all excited a while ago. I'm like, man, for some reason, there's all this sea glass out here. This friend of mine turns out he's been breaking bottles and tumbling glass. Oh, how fun. (laughs) Planting it out there. And I'm like, you know what? I knew better because these are big pieces. The the pieces that we like are the smaller ones, right? Yeah. I'm like, dude, you got to break them more. What? Yeah, you don't find sea glass that big. And I, and I, have, I have it on my, my dinner table over there, and it's like, oh. you like, this sea glass has the Budweiser logo still imprinted on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this sea glass says 1988. Yeah. Right? 1988 Super Bowl. Yeah. We want to find, um, yeah, but, but going that's back. A, that's a callback. I do have a soda bottle with, with the Super Bowl, 1988 Super Bowl. That's why he went there. Oh, wow. It's like, wait a minute, what's it doing in the bottom of the Lagunelle. It's glass and it still has the original soda in it. My dad got it at a yard sale for me. Oh. You know, that, that piece of tile though, that's pretty cool. I can't wait to see it. Oh yeah. Yep. He photo matched it to make sure that it was legit. Yep. I photo matched it. Well, now, how, did, how did you photo match it? Um, tile obviously, like it's not an exact match because things get more um, weathered over right. time. So it had... Like, I could tell, though, that there was some paint from the red on there. That's one way I could tell, because I could just see, oh, there's some red stains, which is bound to happen if there was red tiles, because the water weathers away and weathers away, and the red paint eventually comes off, and it makes sense for some of it to end up on the white tiles, right? You sound sound like an archaeologist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and then... Yeah, a lot of it, they're all the same color. White tiles were, looked like they were around the same, like tan, since it was probably under the sun for a little while. But yeah, yeah, definitely. I, yeah. <laughs> In the Bahamas. Well, and also the ocean. The ocean, you know, yeah. that, that, that salt water will uh, take away pigment from color. It'll change yeah, color stuff, too. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been learning a lot about metal, welding, and watching these 
contractors doing work for us at my work and um i came to realize that metal is kind of like an ice cube in in a sense but the only thing an ice cube will disappear pretty quickly when it's hot metal will turn to liquid when it's at the right temperature right that's how you weld but also metal if you just leave it somewhere it'll disappear eventually and some of the pieces of the lodinelle that i have that that pipe back there behind me in the backyard it's literally almost paper thin now yeah you know? is that crazy yeah and then when you look at the the bigger piece i have it, it it's got really thick good metal still and then it's like wow this thing's been out there for 100 years yeah you know and it's still it's still deteriorating and, and turning back to dust, you know. So given enough time, it'll be gone. Well, that's all the concerns that we hear about with the Titanic. We have only one company has the salvage rights to go pull stuff out of there. But then there's the moral dilemma. Like, do we pull things out just so that we can have them up here? Or do we let them stay down there? And then if the ship does collapse, there's there's different theories on what's going to happen with the ship ultimately. But some people believe the ship could collapse and, you know, destroy whatever relics are in there. So there's kind of like that dilemma but, now but should we bring stuff up or should we just leave it at, leave it be the bottom of the ocean is so mysterious so, yeah you know yeah. why mess with it it's so crazy because you'll see the metals like twisted and turned yeah. and like just so unbelievably almost like it was a piece of paper but then you'll see a beautiful porcelain cup that looks like it was just printed yesterday laying at the bottom of the floor in the wreckage it's just such a weird thing porcelain is not tough <laughs> how is that possible <laughs> let me remind you the titanic was a ship that was supposedly unsinkable right but it was sunken by a piece of ice yeah you yeah. could simply just like it's a thing that you put inside your water cup to make your ice cold like, you seriously drink ice water but yeah how titanic. could an ice cube well it's a big ice cube but yeah <laughs> big and jagged and stuff take down a ship yeah. well you yeah. know what they say they say that suckers can't fade the cube Oh. That's true. Because <laughs> you see the the iceberg. Yeah. There's pi- there's pictures there's where a... they believe that's the iceberg, but the thing with an iceberg is you only see like a sixteenth yeah. of it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you only see like the bulk of it's underwater. Yeah, most of it's underwater and it's all probably jagged. Yeah, and you know we just I just showed you that uh, ocean floor topography map which I bought and it's a of this area. You could see the islands as they are today and then you could also see that when the water level was 300 feet lower the channel islands were one big island think about earth and water and shipping and two-thirds of the earth is water centuries boats were the main way of moving around the ocean and you know it's just crazy how much is unknown what's at the bottom it really is yeah but we know there's a ship down there called titanic and there's relics yeah and there's a ship on the shore named Lajanelle. And she's slowly yeah, she turning is. back to dust. Yeah. yeah, she is slowly turning back to dust. That's the, that's the interesting thing is that you can go out there and there's going to be pieces that are loose that yeah. weren't when they weren't yesterday or the day before. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is that if you go over there, if you look at the stern section, that's the one facing the port. You can actually see where the rudder was. Really? You can, yeah, you can see the hole where they put the rudder in. I just noticed that because the the rudder part is much higher up than the keel. When we would go out there, we were, weren't really sure, being that we weren't from the area and didn't right. see the pictures of it when it originally wrecked and stuff. We weren't sure if we were on the bow or the stern, and we kind of thought maybe it was the bow because it has the big hole, and we're thinking, oh, maybe this is where the anchor comes from, where, oh. where the anchor's at, and that's originally what we thought it was um, after kind of figuring it out. Tommy kind of figured out that it's the back of the ship that we were on, not the front. Yeah, the um, she sunk stern facing the port. 
So that would make sense. So I think what we were looking at is actually the keel of the ship. I know there's some great photos of people surfing off the bow. It's really cool because you can see the rudder. You can not maybe you can't see the rudder, but you can see the shaft. You know, because there's a because mm-hmm. it was on its side this way. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah you can see yeah. it down there. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And so I remember this vividly. Like it's the with... thing that bangs, you can hear it. it bangs against the rocks. It still moves. Really? Yeah. That's Go ahead. So Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, but I remember as a little kid, like seeing people. There's really, really good waves, and they're like surfing off the bow of it. And so when I got into surfing um, at Silver Strand Beach and other places, but we did spend a lot of time at Silver Strand Beach. There was a surf shop called um, Port Port, I believe. In there, they had some really cool pictures of people surfing off the back of the ship for a lot of people that's where her story began yeah and there's pictures um from what i understand the story is and i don't know if we could have we verified this yet but the story is is that they couldn't afford the wharfage fees to keep her inside the port of wainimi mm-hmm. and so they towed her out and anchored her uh, to save money and then the storm came oh yeah right. they did yeah that's that's exactly what happened they couldn't afford docking fees, so they decided, oh, let's go and tour out. What's interesting is that they have a part that's underwater called Lajanel Reef. I'm hoping I could visit it someday, you know, take a diving trip. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, the wintertime, definitely not the time to even attempt that. Yeah. But in the summertime, it's very, very calm. I've been out there at times where the water is extremely clear and there's no waves. Like, there's literally no waves. And, and if you time it right... Yeah, you would be able to do that. Is that all right there at the Lajanel? Is it just yeah. the, lower, the part of the Lajanel that's underwater from where we can see it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. California isn't really like uh, the best place for scuba diving because the water's murky and, you know, there's always a lot of movement. Yeah. Yeah. But if the right if the conditions are right, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, when I went to Catalina, they had some clear water. But yeah, over over here, though, yeah, the water so clear in the port. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. it goes through it goes through like little cycles because sometimes that red tide comes filtering through, mm-hmm. which has been happening lately. And then when it gets dark, it gets bioluminescent. Oh, is it, is it going to be bioluminescent tonight? It I might, could. Maybe I'll take the kids out and see if we could see that. It's pretty cool where the waves kind of glow in the dark. Have you ever seen pictures of that? Um, yeah, I have the bioluminescent plankton, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, you can see it. Like, I think it's out there now. So they're over there now, huh? Yeah. So. There's a great scene in the movie uh, Apollo 13 when they're talking to Tom Hanks as the character, and he, and he says, yeah, I'm flying the jet, and all the lights went out, and uh, there was bioluminescence from the rudder of the oh. aircraft carrier he's looking for. That's what guided him into the uh, aircraft carrier was the bioluminescence. Because, you know, when the prop turns, it really does leave like a, a trail like you see when an airplane goes by with a vapor trail. But yeah. What's interesting is that I learned that the Yarmouth Castle made a background appearance in a movie. I'm not sure what the movie was called. Well, I can't remember it, but I do know that he did appear in the... In the movie background, nice. In the Yarmouth Castle, for those who may not have listened to the other episodes, is the uh, the the ship that caught on fire and was saved by Carl Brown and the Bahama Star, yeah, Bahama Star crew. They got Which, so close to that fire that funnels, the funnel on yeah. the on the on the, the funnels on the frying, really? yeah, fried the paint on the Bahama Star. Wow, we call the Lajanel the hero ship, right? Mm-hmm. Always there doing good. Always there for important stuff. I mean, yeah. being being part of uh, World War Two, and you know, being right there on the the beaches of Normandy, and, and uh, serving as a hospital ship and yep. a transport, and first burial at sea. Yeah, that's yeah. the crazy thing. 
That's a, the first burial at sea during World War II was performed off of the Borinquen. Wow. Yeah, and now, think, that ship is now serving as an artificial reef. She's still doing important things today. Yeah. Yeah. I right. wonder, you know that song by Madonna, You Must Be My Lucky Star. Yeah. Because <laughs> <Right? right. laughs> yeah. it was, it got the nickname Lucky Star, right, during oh, World lucky. War II. Lucky Star, wow. We'll have to put that into we'll have to put the Lucky Star into our playlist for the big expo. Yeah. Have a little bit of music going. Gotta put the ballad of the Yarmouth Castle. Oh, Gotta yeah. put the Edmonds. See, you know, I forgot there. about that. There's a song about it, right? Yeah. A big long song. Part of the display. We have it on the display where you can see like the album cover and it kind of explains it. It's kinda of cool. So now do we know factually that no Lucky Star was like a nickname, right? It wasn't the actual name? No. No, no the only names that she ever had it was the the Borinquin, the USAT Borinquin, just basically because it was acquisition from the yeah. United States. And then it was the Puerto Rico for a very short period of time. Then it was a Rosa Star and then Bahama yeah. Star and then La Janelle. Yeah. Because I think somewhere I read on the internet, well, of I course, think- everything on the internet's true, right? But I think I read somewhere they, they Lucky Star something popular. Yeah, I've, I've seen people like in comments mention they say American Star and Lucky Star. I've heard a couple of things. But like but that. we say the the yeah. hero ship. Um, the American Star is a real ship. They might have been referring to that one. The American Star was the SS America. I saw a picture of the Bahama Star as well as a star in front of the America. So that means it was at a really good port. It must have been at a really big port. Ships like that don't go to minor ports. And if I remember correctly, she was the Rosa Star during the 1950s, though. It'll be like the 1950s. Yeah. Could be the SS United States. Um, I don't think so, though. I think it was the star. I wonder if current day modern ships, and we see them go by every day here at the Port of Wainimi. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is is that the ships that we see out there, the, the major cargo carrying ships, they're so big, they have like 10,000 containers on them. But I wonder if they have a story. They have to have a story, oh, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And and um, so every ship has a story, but you watch these big old ships go by, and it's like, wow, you know, where did they come from? What's their story? You know, yeah. Have they saved anyone's life? You like know? a little city out there in the yeah. yeah. And then you see some crews. Will, I've I've noticed a couple of the crews pick up trash while they're out there. Like they'll be out there and they'll grab trash out of the. I don't know how they do it, but they, nice. that I've seen like some of them that some of the stuff that they bring back. And so that's kind of cool to see that that people are kind of making that effort too. That might be more from the fishing boats. I might be thinking of. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy too because I just had this vision like all those little starlight satellites up in space. You know, like who's gonna take those? Pick them up. No, they're eventually going to come into the ocean. I think. I think that's. I think that's the plan. Is they just eventually burn out and just drop, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, what's interesting is that there's this one kind of like a tour boat. It took me over to Santa Cruz Island, and we saw a plastic balloon in the water. So oh, you they, told yeah. Yeah, they picked it up. Yeah, that was the. I saw. I think it was a fishing boat. That that was what they had. Was a bunch of mylar balloons, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Stop letting go of your balloons. Yeah. They end up somewhere." When I went out to uh, Anacapa Island when I was in eighth grade, long time ago, we climbed up on a ladder to get up on the island. So I went to Anacapa for fishing, but we didn't actually get off the boat. Said Catalina. But we went to Anacapa right by the arch. So you know there's a house out there. where I, There's like a lighthouse and a house. There's a there. lighthouse and there's a living quarters. And I think there's a ranger that lives out there. But anyways, um, so we, we get there and the boat's rocking. And then there's a staircase that's all rusted. We're in eighth grade, and we go up this staircase to the island. Then we toured the top of Anacapa Island. 
that staircase was in operation until I think like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. man. And they, re- I think they replaced it. So, yeah, we'll have to. It'd be cool if we could uh, figure out how to get on Anacapa. Anacapa is really cool because it's, it's small. And so you could walk from one end to the other and back in a day. It looks really cool, too. It's got, yeah. the, it's got the colorful like, yep. bluffs and it's like, yep. it looks really cool. But it is treacherous because there are cliffs. Yeah. yeah, that's what it looks. Yeah. It looks dangerous too. That's, yeah. That was my thought also. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that tons of tons of cliffs. When I went to Santa Cruz Island, that's what it looked like, and they actually had to have actual nets put together to keep the island from floating apart. And I remember we actually had to take a ladder to get up to the other part of the dock. Um, yeah. Yeah, I saw that mental image. It was just like down, like underneath the dock, there were a few bars, and then it was just like one long plunge down into the ocean. It was all like rusty, right? Yeah. Rusty metal bar. Yeah, 10 feet. I remember I was probably like three or four feet tall then, so it was extremely intimidating. Yeah, now you're almost Uh, six feet. (laughs) Yeah, if you're listening and you're not from our local area, man, the Channel Islands, we have the most beautiful set of islands. And it's kind of crazy to think that the rest of America doesn't even really know about it. Yeah, well, it's funny too because you could come here like every summer for a long time. And if you have bad luck, you may never see the island. Yeah. Because of the fog, right? Yeah. And if you're a a college pitcher that comes and visits it at Ventura College, you you might be able to see the islands from the pitching mount. They've got the the way it's set up. Yeah. The pitcher can turn around and see the islands. It's so crazy. (laughs) I I took a picture from um what's that road called? The top road that goes all the way. Ventura College. Yeah. And um it was a really flat day, super clear day, probably in October, and you could actually see the arch. Like, it's clear as day mm, wow. from Ventura. Wow. And you just look out there and like, oh, look, there's the arch. So, you know, low tide, clear day, and yeah, you could see it. And I took a picture and, and I put it on Facebook and stuff, but it was really cool. Like, wow. I mean, some people don't know. So not to mention, like, for 200 bucks, you can go visit any of the islands. Yeah. Like, it's really not an expensive trip. And I mean, 200 bucks that's the very high end most that you're going to pay for yeah. anything to go to the islands. Yeah. Like, it's a really, it's not a super expensive day. And every time you take a trip out there, you always see dolphins and sea lions. And, and you I, see island sea packers life. takes you, is that probably where you went? Yeah, yeah, that's why I went. And then I went to um, San Cruz Island with island packers. But then I went to Calino with Catalina Classic Cruises. Um, At a Long Beach. Yeah, Long Beach. That's where I saw the Queen Mary and started falling in love with the ocean liners. Did you see a flying fish? Nope. I saw a flying fish. I never knew a flying fish existed until we when we went to Catalina when I was in the eighth grade. And we're sitting there cruising along, you know, and I'm like, hold on a second. Did I just, what? And we kept, and sure enough, there's a flying fish. Wow. They, they, wow. And they go for a long time. It's they come out out of the water. They put their wings, and they just go. They just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. They just shoot out for like two hundred feet. I yeah. heard that's what the tuna are like. Where you see the big old, not they don't fly for that long, but I heard that the tunas pop out, and that's how they know how to fish them as they look for them because the tuna will pop up out of the yeah, water when they're having a, a feast when they're like corralling anchovies or something. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, they're huge. Yeah, but eat. no, flying fish is real. Yeah. They don't flap their wings, but they, they fly. Yeah. <laughs> well, they kind of fly. <laughs> they more glide. Yeah. yeah. 
They must be able to, to swim really fast, though, to do that. Uh, Speaking yeah. of flying fish, there'll be no fly fishing during beach cleanup every Saturday. I don't know. I had to come up with a transition, and that, that was the best I could come up well, with. Well, speaking of flying marine animals, <laughs> we have a phenomena at our work, flying squid. Oh. Yeah, because there's a calamari processing facility right next to us. And every oh, really? Every now and then we'll find a, a squid in places where it shouldn't be. And we, we say, well, yeah, it flew in. Flew in with a seagull. Who dropped it and, you know, or, you know, how seagulls sometimes fight over whatever they're carrying. Yeah. So okay. we'll, we'll find like a squid on a pipe. Like, dude, how did that get there? So this is a story that uh, I shouldn't tell in front of my son, but the story's out there. So he'd probably find it out eventually anyway. So um, I got fired from a job when I was a bus boy a long time ago, fresh <laughs> out of the military. I worked for Randy Perigary, big restaurateur. He's kind of the guy that launched Guy Fieri and everything up uh-huh. there in Sacramento. And he had a bakery, fresh bread. It was so good. At the end of the night, we threw away all the bread that wasn't used. Right. And a lot of times they were the big round loaves, right? right? And to me, the big round loaf reminds me of the Olympic discus. Yeah. And so I would get an audience because the all the waitresses and everybody thought it Comedian. was so funny. I would go out there and I'd do the whole thing, spin around, and I would throw the dip bread as far as I could, right? Yeah. You're not thinking, oh, the bread can go cause problems anywhere. It's bread. What could it do? So uh, Sacramento has really bad rain. So apparently the bread I was throwing was landing on the roof of the light rail repair center where they fix the trains, the city trains. Right. Uh, my bread clogged up their rain gutters. And so they're out there working on the thing. And all of a sudden, their rain gutters all come crashing down at the <laughs> Full of bread. So they go over to the restaurant. Like, Wait what a minute. wrong with you guys? I know this bread. Yeah. Like, our bread has signatures, too. Like, if our bread was used to clog up somebody's <laughs> bread, they'd be like, that's Wainimi Bakehouse. Yeah. <laughs> but they knew. And then my boss is like, I, don't, I can't believe I have to ask you this. Excuse me, Tommy, can I Tom, can I talk to you for a hey, second? You know, there's uh, loaves of bread over there across the street. Uh, do you know anything about that? Yeah, yeah, wait a minute. Why were you throwing bread? <laughs> to entertain myself and others. <laughs> he was supposed was to throw fun. it in the trash. Yeah, it was, it was supposed to go in the trash, but it was more fun to throw it really far. <laughs> like a disc. <laughs> and it was less stuff to carry out to the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of trash, there's our transition. So trash. beach cleanup. Very important that we Very get into important. the beach cleanup. Yep. Every little bit matters, and every little bit you help matters a lot. And uh, we're we're on a roll here in Wyoming. We've been at it, I think, eight years. I'm pretty sure that's right on. Thousands and thousands of buckets removed from uh, Wyoming Beach and Ormond Beach. And, of course, Wyoming borders the town of Oxnard. And so we spend considerable about a, amount of time going into Oxnard and cleaning up and being good stewards of the environment. Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, as whether they show it or not, I'm sure they're grateful because it's it's <laughs> really important because it's one of those few things you're not going to put yourself out of business. Unfortunately, people aren't. Well, get that's it. the goal. That's yeah. the goal. We're trying to get to a point where you know we're just litter free. You would love that. You and me. It's going to take a lot of people getting their act together for that to happen. Speaking yeah. of a lot of people, we're going to have about over 250 people this next Saturday. Oh, yeah. It's it's quite the thing. If, if you guys can come and participate and just look at literally an army of people just marching down the beach to go attack an area that has a lot of rubbish. Oh, nice. So is it kind of like a comb effort? Everybody walks side by side and then you get over there and just really... Uh, yeah, you know, some kids are slower than others. Some adults are quicker than others. Some are, you know, more interested in uh, getting to know the girl, you know, who's... on, You know, because, hey... Uh, 
Let's, you know, if you want to date a girl, like, hey, let, let's, let's go take care of the environment on this one day. It's like, you know, it could be a pretty good date, you know. Now that you're saying that, let's put a pause on the whole good intentions, everything else. Because as you know, I've taken the bucket out a few times. Yeah. And like while the kid's out on his um, canoe or his, yeah. uh, his kayak, almost every time I have that thing out, some young lady comes over, wants to help or wants yeah. to talk to me. So even if you're a bad person inside, go clean the beach just to <laughs> yeah. get some ladies. It's yeah. worth it. it. You know, it's funny. People will come and talk to you. They'll say thank you. Oh, I so many people thanked me. Yeah. And I'm like, and I always tell them the same thing. I'm like, I don't pay for parking. It's the least I can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have a lot of different interaction on the beach, particularly before start time. And, uh, you know, people come like, what are you doing? Oh, you know, we're just going to do some cl- beach cleanup. You could take a bucket if you want. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. No, seriously, I want you to. <laughs> oh, well, no, it's okay. And they'll walk away. And then this has happened so many times. They'll be like 100 feet away. They're <laughs> thinking about what I'm saying. They're like, they turn around, they come back. You know what? I will take a bucket. Good for them. Yeah, you know, and, and so there is a little bit of a, I don't know, it's like a stigma. Like, who's this strange guy trying to give me a bucket and a stick? I'm <laughs> yeah. the out there. And I was like, no, that's the wrong mindset. We're trying to just, you know, be good stewards. Yeah, and I don't know that there it's possible to do a beach cleanup and feel worse afterwards. Like yeah. it, like it's a great feeling. No, like the community being yeah. able to talk to like minded people, knowing the beach looks better than it did when you got there. You know, when you dump those buckets of trash and you're just looking at all that stuff, you're like, wow, that's that's difference, right? Yeah. There. Last week when we were leading the charge out there to pick up the targeted area, I found a dollar. See, there you go. Sometimes it pays off too. Yeah. No. And in my eight years, I think I'm up to like 96, 87 or something. Wow. We're going to keep that tab going. Yeah. But uh, one time I found a $10 bill. Nice. That's very good. Several ones, but mostly change. It doesn't really pay that good, but it does pay well in your spirit and your soul. Like, you know, you're doing good. Well, that's the reason you're doing it. You're doing it to, for one, you're doing it to leave a better environment for the people around you, but it's so much more fulfilling than yeah. just getting stuff. It's a very strange thing. You're told yeah. that as a kid, and it's hard to understand it when they're like, it's better to give than to receive. It's better to give than to receive. What do you think, Tommy? Is it better to give or receive? Um, that depends. If you're, <laughs> I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're given a boat, then if you, if you're giving someone a boat, then I mean, that feels good, but Receiving a boat, I mean, if you're a, a lot of responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a I lot. Know. I don't think he even realizes how yeah, much how much maintenance giving, goes into a boat. Like yeah. monthly, you have to pay somebody to they, wash the bottom of your boat. Like, is it every week or every month? Yeah. Somebody has to wash the boat, the part that's in the water. You have to have somebody yeah, wash it, scrape it. Yeah. Scrape no, and they they, they, they got to take them barnacles off. Yeah, you know, giving of yourself is really really a good thing, and there's a lot of ways to do that, and. We, yeah. We're doing yeah. it right well, now, kind of. Example. So remember last year we did the the Christmas giveaway thing over in Oxnard. Do you remember we did that? And you kind of like helped guide people on which door to go in. And Maddie stayed with Santa. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, remember how good you felt afterwards? Yeah. You were very happy after that. I don't know if you remember it, but you were like very proud because you were like had to be creative in communicating with people who didn't speak the same language as you. Yeah. And I remember you were very proud of that. And it was like a, a cool breakthrough moment for him. Yeah. And bo- both kids had did, just did great volunteering that day too. Yeah. yeah and, and then this whole thing about Lodgenel and digging up artifacts and history and talking about it and trying to teach people about it is that's a really good feeling too. So it is, that's what we're trying to do here. It is. So let's real quick. We'll run through the, all the events cause we're working in overtime right now. Yep. And, uh, Mr. Slate's going to come down and yell at us cause he doesn't want to write them big old paychecks. Well, Mr. Slate, <laughs> Mr. Slate, keep that 
the Flintstones <laughs> reference? <laughs> yeah, keep that that pin liquid. Who is the Jetsons boss? Uh, Spacely. Okay. Spacely? Yeah, there we go. So September 30th is Banana the Festival Banana at the Port of Wainimi. Port of Wainimi. free event. Parking's free. You get to tour the port. You get to do a lot of fun stuff. So come on down. and A good idea would be get to town early. Get to town early. especially the beach get, cleanup. Yeah. get And if you want to have a tour, then you better get here early and get in line. Because that, that is the biggest draw of all. Now, what do they? What exactly do they tour? Do they go around the entire port and learn all about it? Pretty much, they um, show them the ins and the outs, and uh, it always depends what, what makes it a little more interesting. If there's um, ships in the harbor, also the uh, equipment and the stuff that's coming in because it's it's tractors, excavators, wash plants, like all kinds of crazy stuff. Like you know, it's all brand new too. There's this big cylinder sitting out by our office right now and so for a lot of us um just seeing all this brand new stuff is really exciting and then you go into october 1st you've got our big seaside sports collectors expo go to venturaexpo.com to find out more on that right now we have eight autograph guests i'm sure that there's going to be more by the time it's all said and done i've got one of my one of my buddies at one of the gyms is going to call me tonight and then we're going to probably lock in about four more four more dudes should be good. So yeah, I'm really excited to to see what we're gonna have in our Lodgenelle. Yeah, it's so, gonna be great. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna drag out your big old giant uh, piece. That it's such a beautiful piece though, and it's, it's so piece. representative of of the Lodgenelle. So it's yeah. the perfect piece for yeah. for what we've got. Going and I on. think we need to name it because it looks like a serpent. So we're gonna have to think ah. about this. Yeah, yeah, you gotta put Tommy and Maddie on that. They're good think tank on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Maybe we could get you know a stamp pad because I have a small, I have a smaller piece of the Lodgenelle, so maybe we could get that, and then we could just put it on paper and say that's Lodgenelle's autograph. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what hey, was that? The... Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Make like a card that says Lodgenelle. What is it that with dogs they they put ink on their paws and they yeah. have them paw do yeah. a paw autograph? Yeah, Pawtographs or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, that's what they call them. Yeah, well, we'll do it. We'll have the ship sign autographs. That'll be interesting. <laughs> okay. man, they got some lunatics out there in Ventura County, boy. They legalized weed too quickly out there. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating a ship that's deteriorating in the water. But hey, it's got a history and it had a life. And uh, that's what we want to talk about. That's it. We celebrate it because there was definitely a lot of good deeds done from that bow. Yeah, 100%. The, the hero ship. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks for listening to the Port and Stuff podcast. We've got to go figure out if Maddie is still alive. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Where's Maddie? Live radio.